Hallelujah. Oh, that was a little surprise. Oh, it caught me off guard, but thank you. It's good to see you guys. Man, love you guys. You know, I was just so grateful when you have a, a birthday and you get to just reflect on the awesome relationships that you have and, and you know, here in a body. I'll tell you what, man, it's so good to be in a body and to be connected. And so just thank you. Thank you for connecting, like T said, connecting with us, connecting with Kingdom Vision. God has got something for you here with us. And, and um, if you're here, and if it's not with us, that's okay. We love you anyhow. And we hope that wherever you're connected, that you are really connected because there is a kingdom business that we've got to do, kingdom stuff. And, and we believe in kingdom. We know we're not all that and we're not, we're not every part of the kingdom, but we know what God's called us to do. And, um, and if you're connected with us, thank you for being connected with us. We're, we're so, we so appreciate it, you know. Um, last week, I tried to get into my message, and I, I didn't really get into it. <laughs> so, so some people were asking me what the, what the message title was going to be, and I'm going to say part one again, or part one, part one, part two, part one B, whatever. But, um, but you know, God is good. You know, you know there's, there's a truth that exists for every one of us that that. Um, you are the decider. You are the gardener of your own heart. And nobody can be the gardener of your heart but you. And you've heard us talk about the heart and so many things, and, and it is, it's so true. Um, if you close off your, if your heart, you, you, can even, uh, you can even have your ears open, but if you close off your heart and you don't let the seed of God's word penetrate and you don't water the seed and you don't weed, the garden, is that's what the whole of the parable of Mark 4 is all about. If you don't weed the garden, then the seed of God's incorruptible seed of God's word cannot grow. It cannot bear fruit. And so it's so important when, when we do turn to the word of God that you connect with this. And, and I, I, I encourage you, just close your eyes for a second. Maybe put your, your hand on your chest if you like. You don't have to. but you, and, and just realize that your heart, that's the part of you. Just while you, the heart of you, your heart isn't that one that you feel beating under your hand right now. That's, that's an important heart too. But the heart that I'm talking about is the core, the core of you, where your soul and your spirit come together, your mind, your will, your emotions, where your, where your sealed spirit that's born again comes together. That heart, that, that part of you where the Lord tells us to God above all else. And so you can speak to your heart. Do you know that? You can tell your heart. You know, the Bible tells us we can, have a, we can have a hardened heart. And so we've got to allow our hearts to be softened. And you can just say, Lord, I give you my heart. And where my heart has been hardened, I allow you, Holy Spirit, to soften it. I choose with my free will, I choose to hear what you have to say to me. I choose to hear and do what you tell me to because that is the best thing for me and for the kingdom. That is the best thing for me in the kingdom is to walk in your ways, your pathways of life. And I want to tell you that if that's your choice, then God can lead you beside still waters into green pastures. And even when you are in that valley of the shadow of death, which we all go through at times, even there, he can set a table for you. And goodness and mercy 
are right there with us. So, Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit, who never shows up and leaves again, who's here permanently to dwell inside of me, out of my very belly, where the rivers flow from. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher, that you teach us, that you lead us, that you guide us, and we, we incline our ears to hear what you are saying to the church, to this one and to us at large, your body. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You know, um, in my, in my run-up before Hans came and, and, and Hans came and, and spoke about, you know, prophecy and particularly being very practical at operating in the gifts. And we were talking about possessing the land. And like I said last week too, that, that is, that is a, a, it's, a, it, it's such an essential part of, 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 of laying hold of our given inheritance. It, it, our inheritance, if you're in Jesus, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the inheritance is yours. And that is an outstandingly great inheritance. And most of the church world does not understand their inheritance. Believe me, it is a mystery. And it's not a mystery, as I said last week, and the mysteries of the gospel, the mysteries of the New Testament. And if you have a concordance or you like to go and search out things, go and search how many mysteries are in the New Testament. There's a number of them. But mysteries, mysteries aren't hidden things that God has chosen to be hidden. They are mysteries because they are revealed by degrees. They, they are to the, if you study the word, and I wasn't set up to teach it, but I'd love to. That you know, but but when, you, when you embrace a mystery, basically as, as, you, as you penetrate it, as you decide, as you walk in towards the mystery, it gets growingly revealed. That's all I can say. That's very bad English, but it's, it's revealed in degrees. It's, this, it's the opposite of being deceived. There is a mystery of iniquity, and that mystery of iniquity is alive and well today. There are people that call themselves churches, in our town even, and all over America and the world, that call themselves churches that are absolutely idolatrous. They do not worship God. They worship saints. They pray to people that aren't, you're not supposed to pray to. There's other people that do not even follow the Word of God. And so just because people call themselves a church doesn't make them one that's important because a lot of people don't even have that they just think oh because they're a church i guess they they're nice people maybe nobody's saying taking anything away from them but what i'm saying is that there's a mystery of iniquity and in a lot of these places i have watched friends of mine even that have come into Jesus, that have not known how to guard their hearts, that have walked towards them, have been deceived, have not put, a, put a, a guard on their heart, have gone back to the Word of God to check out what the preacher says, especially Shannon. You better check that guy out. It's your job. Do you know that? It is your job. Nobody, if, if you get deceived, it's your fault. I mean, and listen, we, we're all growing, but you see, the, 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 it's, it happens by degrees. There's things that happen by the, the initiated, even these secret societies and so on. They, they go into things. They, they let you, they give you a little piece. If you told them right out, if they told you right out the front what their ultimate intention was, you wouldn't do it because it's so crazy, right? And so that's the mystery of iniquity. By degrees, you get deceived. And it happens like that with so much sin. Sin works like that. 
transgression particularly that sin that where you go against and you go and you think oh well it, a little bit of sin won't it's not going to be too bad well no it's not as bad as you think right now but it always opens the door to something a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and then before you know it you're trapped you're stuck now you're not beyond god's reach but your heart is hardened. And remember, we've spoken about free will, and I can wax lyrical for a long time about free will. Free will, you've got to understand. It's your will. You choose. And listen, man, I'm excited. One day when we start talking about the devil, because I, 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 I need to. I just don't like to talk about him because he's defeated and we've triumphed over him. But, but I can tell you what, there's Christians that get mad when you talk about the devil being defeated. I'm telling you because do you know that your free will, I'm just going to throw this little gem out at you. Do you know that your free will is stronger than God, but it's also stronger than the devil? I've been on the crusade field. I've been in back Africa, dark Africa. I have seen a lot of possession. I've learned a lot of things about that kind of stuff. And I don't glorify that kind of stuff at all. At all. But there's people that think, oh, well, you know, they, they just can't. No, you, let me tell you. Your authority as a human, you have authority in this earth. And nobody can take it away from you. But you can let it go. Because you can let it, you can out of deception let it go. I, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I better not go down that road. That road. <laughs> but I'm telling you, 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 okay, let me just throw you one example. The madman of Gadara. Remember how many demons he had in him? A legion, whatever that is, a thousand or ten thousand, some people say, I'm not sure which of them. He either had a thousand or ten thousand demons in him. And guess what? When Jesus came to the shore, he ran to Jesus and fell at his feet. He had a choice. You always do. And no matter how far you go from God, let me tell you, God is not separated. Your sin is never separated from Him. He's paid for your sin. You have a choice. No matter how far you think you're from God, you and anybody you know has a choice to turn to God. And just like that, there, you know, you're not that far from God like you've gone 600 miles away from Him. But, but He is right there with you. If you choose, He's right there to deliver you. But this is the problem. You, if you have been deceived by degrees... You get further and further in your heart and your belief system about even believing about God or believing how good He is. That's the danger. That's the danger of the hardness of heart. You get so far away from God that you don't even believe. Eventually, I've, I've watched friends that started down that path of deception, and, and eventually they just give up on God because they don't even believe anymore. They've whittled away the New Testament. They've claimed this scripture and taken away and they chop out normally James. They take out a whole bunch of the James and they take a little bit here. And I told Corin, I've said, it's, it's kind of like sitting on the wrong side of the branch, that old cartoon, you know, when you're sitting on the branch, cutting away at it. And that's what they've done. They have literally cut, a, a cut out and so suddenly their deception puts them in a place where they don't believe anymore. There's a lot they don't believe. Well, I, ch I don't believe that about God. I don't believe the worst about God. I don't believe this about the Bible, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. And those people are very, very hard to reach because they have chosen and they've followed a path of deception. 
Now, I say, that's a very negative point, right? So like, yay, woo No, I'm just saying, but there is a mystery of everything good that we oper- operates in the same way, but very, 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 very positively. You see, when you choose to follow God, please don't make the error of thinking that I just get born again and, and, and everything is automatic. Everything is coming to me because, you know, Pastor Shannon said, yes, we, we do have the inheritance. The inheritance is ours. But everything, you, you have to walk towards it. You have to lay hold of it. You can't say, oh, well, in 1973, I was born again. Well, praise God, you were born again. But you have got to lay hold of your inheritance. You've got to walk actively towards your inheritance to lay hold of it. As I said, it's freely by grace through faith. And if you don't, remember we've spoken about Hosea chapter 4 and so 5, sorry, 19, where it says that my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And in, it's Isaiah, and in one says, my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. You see, we, we have to know what we have to hear. We have to hear the word of God to know that we can lay hold of our healing. Because if we haven't known it, we won't have faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. It is God's word, and we need to hear it because I'm telling you, yeah, the Holy Spirit is so powerful and so available to us, but do you know that swaths of people in our region don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They don't believe in the the powerful of, of praying in the Spirit. Why? Because they aren't taught that. Good people that are going to heaven, let me put that in perspective, wonderful brothers and Christians going to heaven, but because they've never been taught about the Holy Spirit, they never get to experience it. They never get to to lay hold of that very power that Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem without it. How do I know this? Because I was one of them. I was one of them. I, I didn't know about it. And I was in a wonderful, I was born again. I knew Jesus. I knew, about, I knew about the Holy Spirit because he's in the Bible and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and et cetera, et cetera. I, I knew he was part of the Trinity. I believed all, but I didn't get to hear. Nobody ever taught me about the Holy Spirit. And you see, when, when the Holy Spirit is, and, and is such a part of who we are as Lake Haven Church, you, you know that's our, our, our wrecked statement, as we say, get wrecked statement, or R-E-N-C, is reaching people with God's unconditional love, establishing believers in Christ, and connecting them to His cause. That's our, our three-way statement back there that's lit. I know some people don't even see it anymore because that's just how the human brain works. But it's, that, is, that is our plan. Our, our, our we exist statement at Lake Haven is we exist that all people everywhere would intimately know God and experience His unconditional love. Because that is the catalyst. That is the motive of who God is and it motivates everything that God is. You see? But reaching people with God's unconditional love, establishing um, believers in Christ and connecting them to his cause. It is, it is, we need to do that. We need to be intimately involved with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, and, and, and I, and, and in, in, in our relationship with God and understanding who the Holy Spirit, and this is why we started Wednesday nights. And we, it's, you know, Wednesday nights overflow, we started five years ago because of what God spoke to me when I, when I took on the pastorate here, when I took on the lead role, I should say, here. Um, the Lord spoke to me that there would be two areas that we needed to focus on. One is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We need to know Him. We need to be involved with Him. We need to be clearly 
understanding who he is, how he operates, all, what the gifts are, how they operate, all of those things. So we started a weekly service, which we do on Wednesday nights. And we have taught and we have gone through books on Wednesday nights and we have gone through devotionals that we have currently available online. And we've taught extensively about praying in the Spirit, the benefits of praying in the Spirit. There's at least seven major benefits of praying in the Spirit. The separation of praying in the Spirit and speaking in tongues is in a gift of speaking of tongues with interpretation. Those things that are confusing to a lot of people are easily taught, easily understood. If you hear it, but because it's so important, we, we, we keep a service every week to do that. And now, now if, if we, do, we speak about the Holy Spirit, I mean, uh, on Sundays and things like that. So when Hans um, came two weeks ago now, and um, Hans, and, and, and as you heard, if you were here in the services, Hans and I have been speaking about having him and setting up this, this workshop, a practical workshop for a couple years, and, and saying, because Hans... Hans's gifting and how he operates and flows with the Holy Spirit and how God's trained him and, and brought him is a real, I, I was always refreshed by the way Hans operated and spoke with the Holy Spirit. I've operated in the Holy Spirit, I flow in the Holy Spirit as well, but I, had, I love the gifts of the body. Do you know that Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that God has given gifts to the body of Christ? You remember? He's given us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, all of those people are for the training, for the, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the, the ministry. It's to bring the church to, to maturity. So having Hans come out here wasn't to, um, let's celebrate somebody who operates in prophecy and let's come and spectate. No, somebody who operates in New Testament prophecy trains us in operating in prophecy. Somebody who operates in evangelism is partly, it will, we've had Nate out here, teaches and trains us how to be an evangelist, well, how to operate evangelistically. And if you were, if you hang around Nate for any length of time or you go to Africa on one of his trips, which I encourage you, if you want to do one, he has a number of them every year, start saving and we'll get you connected to, to a trip to go to Africa. He goes to Zambia, he goes to Tanzania, he goes to Malawi, he's got an awesome orphanage out there. But he, he will teach. If he goes into a church setting, he will train and he will help you and he will get you plugged in and equip you to how to, to be evangelistic. Because that's his passion. That's his focus. That's what God's gifting is in him. Now, Shannon, are you saying that everybody needs to be one of the fivefold ministry? No, absolutely not. I'm saying that we use and we appropriate, we use these people in their giftings to bring us to maturity. Okay. So when, when Hans comes over here and he teaches and he teaches extensively about prophecy, and I, I want to encourage you that that is something that we need to listen to, heed and pay attention and lay hold of for ourselves because it's a benefit. Like all of God's gifts are free and it's a benefit, but if we just leave them by the wayside, we don't benefit. But the problem is, we just say, oh yeah, that was nice, and we treat it as a, as a one-time sort of brush-off experience. Hey, hoo-hoo, yay, whatever. And then we, we go back, and then we think, then, then somehow we live in this little deception that says, well, you know, I know all about prophecy because I heard somebody teach on it seven times. But if you've never gone and sunk your teeth into it, and you've never learned how to assimilate the Word of God, to digest the Word of God, that is a key piece of growing up. How many of you have had a baby before? Right, babies. 
Babies are that way. Babies will stuff everything in their mouth. They don't know what's good and bad. You help the baby. And it's just like this in the spiritual as well. When somebody is young in Jesus, you have got to give them good food, exposure to good food, because guess what? They turn on Christian TV and they eat everything that's there. And that's dangerous. Just because somebody's on Christian TV does not make them good. Just because somebody calls themselves a church or whatever, man, I tell you what, you need the Word of God. You need the Word of God, and yes, you need the Spirit of God. You know, it's reminding me, Jeremiah 15, I think it is 16, says where Jeremiah says, uh, how do you, let me pull it up quickly. I, 15, 16, your words were found. I didn't have that for you. Sorry, Rochelle. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. You see, that's, that's huge because if you've come out of legalism like most of us in America have, if you've been exposed to religious settings, most of us read the Word of God or come to church and say, now what do I have to do? What do I have to do with this? If that's your first question, you're in legalism. <laughs> I did that. I made that slightly shocking statement because I hope you will think. It's not, yes, we apply the Word of God, but listen to me very good. It's very essential that we apply the Word of God. But Jeremiah, it's like he says here, he says, your words were found and I ate them. Your first job is to eat. That's it. Eat the Word of God. Eat it. Man, we got a song. Just eat it. <laughs> eat it. Where's Weird Al now? Could you, we should have had the Weird Al song. Yeah. We have to digest the Word of God. And, and, and that's why I'm, I'm glad for our assimilate groups because they are training in our assimilate groups, you know, with David or with Steve or whatever. They, they're helping us train to listen. Let's digest the Word of God. Because I tell you what, I've said this numerous times, but this is such a danger. We just get so much Word. And all, if you just get word over you and you don't understand this principle, it's like tons and tons of seed. Corin's dad was a farmer and he was a commercial farmer. He had 20-something tractors. He built his own silos on the farm. And I was always impressed. But you know, when it's kind of like being near a, a seed silo and just opening the sluice gates and just having the seed pass over you. It's nice to have that much seed. It's good to understand that you've got that much seed, but if you don't know how to consume the seed, to burden your heart and to make it grow, you will not be able to benefit by it. You can die for lack of knowledge because knowledge doesn't just come from the seed. Knowledge comes from consuming the seed, from planting the seed from growing the seed, from not letting it, the seed choke. That's what we need to do. And it's essential. It's essential. It's an essential part of growing. Just like a baby. I mean, they stick everything in their mouth, and you've got to say, no, no, not the rattle, not the electric cord, not the this, not the whatever it is that they're sticking in their, in their mouths. 
you, the, this is the nutrition. And sometimes they don't like it, right? But this is good for you. you know, we can't wait to grow up so that we can just live on donuts and fast food, right? <laughs> you know, so we think. <laughs> but then you learn that maybe it's not so healthy to do things that way. And it has consequences that way. Maybe we have other health issues that start because we stop eating the food that we should be eating. You see, to have a balanced diet of God. Now listen, the beautiful thing about God is that God is love. You don't balance God and love and a little bit of hate on this side. An equal amount of love, and that's not balanced. That's totally imbalanced. God is love and only love. But let me tell you, so God is good and He's only good. You can find out who He is and how He is, and, but there, there, there is a balanced diet in the Word of God. And understanding how to, these pieces, all of, all of the Word of God is in context. I, you know, you, I've, I've said this before, I don't have my Hoberman sphere here, but I tell you what, the whole of God's Word, Genesis to Revelation is context. So when you read a passage, and I get a little frustrated when I see people take, you know, since I grew a little, I'm not there, I'm a long ways off, but listen, I grew a little and I understood. When it is important when you read the gospel, you read a passage, understand that that is contextual, not only in the chapter around it where you're reading it, it's contextual in the whole revelation of God, of His character, of His nature. Because just like my sphere, there's other things and how it connects. Every truth is connected to another truth. Every truth gives it context. Every truth gives it more and a different perspective and paradigm. That truth is true. But if you just take one little truth out and you say, this is the, the, the be-all and end-all and I know exactly how it sits. And you don't put it in the context of the entire Word of God. You can get deceived. And there's a lot of people out there that are allowing themselves to be deceived because they don't have knowledge. They haven't chewed, they haven't eaten, they haven't, they don't even read their Bibles. And I know that's a big thing today. And it's not about legalistically reading your Bible. You don't earn brownie points from God because you read your Bible. But you know, you need to be Bible readers. You need to ask God, and listen, a million questions, you know, you've got to understand, you've got to say, God, give me, a, if you don't want to read the Bible, tell God, He knows. Just say, Lord, give me a hunger for your word. Like Jeremiah, where he says, I your words were found and I ate them. I consumed them. You can become so, you can love God's word so much that you want to eat it. And, and I know a bunch of you that are that way, that, that, that just want to consume the word of God. And, and if you're not there, that's okay. That's okay. God loves you. He's not less happy with you or less. I'm just saying that, that it's important to know the Word of God. And if you don't read the Word of God, if you don't have a good idea of the Word of God, you're a little bit susceptible to deception. The very, very least you can do is get in relationship with people around you who know more of the Word of God. That's why there is power in a group. Always power in a group. Always power in a group. You see that in nature. Cord of three strands is not easily broken, etc., etc., etc. The synergistic principle. In Africa, you see it all the time. We used to go into the bush and you'd see any herd, you name it, whether it was impala or zebra or whatever the case is, single them out. Even lion, even lion, when they get singled out from their pride, they are susceptible. The hyenas will jump on that lion and tear it to shreds. And I'm telling you, a male, an African male lion, he is a big, big, he's a big guy. 
I'm telling you, you see the paw of a male African lion. I don't know if you've ever seen one up close. He's, got, he's an awesome beast. But I'm telling you, he is susceptible because he's out on his own. Because there's this, we're all learning and we need one another. We need that synergism. We need that we need one another. I need the gifts in you. I need, I need you. I don't need you to just say, oh, Shannon, that was a great message or whatever the case is. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I've got people. And just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty connected. I've got people here. I've got people outside of the state. I've got pastors that I connect with. I've got people that watch these messages. And they will take me up if, if, if I say something that, that shouldn't be said. And, and I trust that you are doing the same. I'm okay with having a sit down if you say, Shannon, I don't understand that. I don't understand. You, you said this and I'm like, okay, that's great. I, let's have a sit down. I don't mind having a conversation like that. Let's, let's talk about the word of God. But I'm telling you that there is a, there is, hear me carefully. You have to be repentant. Remember I gave this the whole, the whole uh, series on, on repent doesn't necessarily mean what you say it means. Because being repentant means to have a teachable heart. A teachable attitude. Because guess what? You don't know everything. Neither do I. You don't. And especially if you've grown up in religion. Especially if you've grown up in a... We all have traditions and mindsets that need to be released. That's why Jesus said your traditions nullify, make void the word of God. Think about that. God's word, incorruptible seed, nullified, useless. Why? Traditions. Why? Because we are so ground into our traditions, our way of thinking. That's why you, you, you've got you to see, hear it in context. You've got to follow context. I could honestly say almost any series I've preached in the last six years is contextual. We, I can't do a whole long series. I, I, I mean, on, on one, because if we have to give every part of every kind of concept, we would have to spend ages and ages on the concept. But we can point books. If you're, if you're a voracious eater and you say, man, I want more, we can say, oh, there's Terry and Mel. Talk to them about signing up for Karis. Get some more Karis information. Do this and, and go and get this and get this book and so on. But even then, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what it is. You still have to consume the Word of God. And understand that this is a journey of revelation. Does that make sense to you? Uh, guys, I, 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 I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm desperate for the church for us to grow up and to take the place that we need to grow up. Because we have been played like a fiddle. We've been played like a fiddle. We are champions. We are above and not beneath. And, and we are living like we are somehow beneath the, the devil and his angels. That's not what Ephesians 1 says. We're seated with him in heavenly places. I mean, it's a powerful verse. I mean, I, I should pull it up. But, but in, in Hebrews, in, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, um, let me pull this up here quickly. Verse where should I start here? There's so much in this. I've got to get, I could get distracted. Verse 17. I'm going to just start. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Wow, that's His prayer. The knowledge of what? The knowledge of just the Scripture? No. 
You use the Scripture to know Him. We don't just get to know the Scripture, people. Otherwise, all you do is regurgitate Scripture out of context. You've got to know the character of God of the Scripture. Okay? So he says this. He says that may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And yeah, we can go on for there for a long time. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that's not talking about these eyes, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart as well. It speaks about it earlier. That you may know what the hope is, the hope of his calling, what the riches of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly great, the greatness of his power. Now, I want you to see this. I'm reading out of the NKG version. Sorry if I, I missed that part, Rochelle, if you didn't see that. But it says that... Um, what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us believe? His calling, his inheritance, his power, right? So, so, so it's going all of these. Um, then it goes on to which he worked in verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. People, we, we have been given, we've been given so much. We are seated with Christ. I, I tell you what, I used to be, I used to be deceived in the area, and I said, I, I'm, very, I've got to, I'm right walking on the edge of going into spiritual warfare over here because of how deceived I was in spiritual warfare. But when you know the truth, when you know Him, when you know that you are the one seated with Christ in heavenly place, there is, there is, there is, there is no demon or devil that's above you. Jesus said he gave us power over all the power of the enemy. Not some of the power of the enemy. That means if the Satan himself was standing there with the entire group of his demons, and he was walking into your room, you have more power than all of his power. That is a truth. He triumphed over him, it says in Colossians. He triumphed. He made a spectacle. You understand what that word? He made a spectacle. He actually he humiliated him. He humiliated him in triumph. He is, but does that mean he's, he is totally powerless today? Mm, not quite. It says that the whole world is under his power, and I think it's 1 John 5, 19. It says the whole world is kept under his power. Why? Deception. He's the mouse with a megaphone. He's the one that roars like a lion. He is disempowered. He is defeated. He is disarmed. He is actually disarmed. These are all scriptures, people. He is totally disarmed. He, he has no power. But you know how many people feel that they are just subject to whatever the devil says? It is. It is. It's, it can, it's, it's, no, we, we have got so much more than God has given us. But he's, <laughs> yeah. 
had to there was resistance sometimes and he had to push through and he had to enforce it but guys there is no such thing as fear you should not be living in fear i don't care whether it's a devil all the devils all the demons or whatever the case is you don't need to live in fear fear will cause you to act like a crazy person yeah or a storm yeah yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. There, you shouldn't have to fear anything. You don't. You don't need to. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. These are yours. This is your inheritance. And, and, and so, uh, you know, the contextual part of, 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 of walking with God, the, uh, the contextual part of, of hearing the Word of God, of reading on your own, you, you know, uh, of learning how to consume, consume, eat your Word. Just eat the Word, because I tell you what, when you get your heart established in the Word, man, it's like Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup, and outside, the stuff automatically starts lining up. Seriously. The addictions, the depression, the blah, 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 the this thing, the that thing. You don't make, you see, we live our lives with these one little symptom, and then we attack the little symptom, and we rail against the symptom and we think what we talk about the symptom and we talk about the symptom and we, it's like taking you know a gross looking bug and sticking it under a magnifying glass or a microscope and it looks like a dinosaur because you've made your little symptom so big because all you do is think about it and talk about it and magnify it until this thing is massive in your mind but you see if you stayed in the light if you walked in the light you would magnify god and his truth and suddenly, and suddenly when the bug comes by, you go, big deal. You're not so concerned about the bug. But you see, but, but Christians have their self-worth and all their spirituality or their fake spirituality. And because they've had fake spirituality for so long and they've got their sense of worth from railing against the devil for 17 hours a day and they take pride in that, they aren't going to think that way. Because you telling me, Pastor Shannon, that I, all those nights I wasted railing at the devil? Um, I think I shouldn't answer that to you. Right now. But whatever we've done, we've done. We've been stupid in the past. That's okay. Let's, let's get smart. Let's, let's wisen up. Let's listen to God. Let's, let's receive the wisdom of, you, of Him. And let's... I'm not saying we'd, re we'd leave, ever leave the realm of the Word of God. In fact, that's my point. We never leave the realm of the Word of God. Reading and studying and assimilating and digesting and getting plugged in and getting... If you don't have a couple of great, really great friends, you need a couple of great friends. And I'm talking about, like Pastor Alan used to say, the four crazy kind, the ones that would pick you up on a bed and take you to Jesus, yeah. break through a roof for you. You need a couple of crazy friends. You just need those, those ones that love Jesus. Those are the ones you need. Those are the ones you need. Well, I don't like it. I've got this childhood friends and, and, and he's, listen, God, it says God cannot be mocked. Don't be deceived. Pe 
bad company corrupts good character. If you're hanging out with the wrong people, don't be deceived. If you end up in the same boat with them, if you hang out with people that are deceived, you will go that way. I know this is rocket science, right? It's not really. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thanks, Miss Ayanna. It is. But you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You, you need friends. I need friends. We all need. We need friends. But you know what? If you just sit there and you say, "Well, I'm just waiting for a friend to come to me," <laughs> I hate this church. I hate this church. It's the most unfriendly church. I've been here three and a half years, and nobody's been my friend. Well, let me tell you. You suck at making friends. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, if you come, I, I, you, if you, uh, you know, th- th- it, is, it is truth. And you can ask many people around here. If you stick around Lake Haven for long enough, almost everybody we have will c- who visits us, who sticks around, they'll have, man, this is the friendliest church I've been in in a long time. That is a very, 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 very common testimony that we have or, 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 you know, we, we hear about. But guess what? Every now and again, you, somebody will say, this is not a friendly church at all. It's probably, let me see, who was it that wasn't friendly? That <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but I'm just saying, it's, it's, you know, there is an element of friendship. You have to be open to it, just like God can't shove the word of God into your heart. Right. You know that, right? I mean, I wish I could put the Bible under my pillow and it would just suck up through my ear. I, I wish that, but there's this thing called the heart, and, and you've, your body's got, the, your mind, you've got this thing called the soul, which has got your will, it's got your mind, your will, your emotions, all of those things, and that, that, you, that you know that you have, to, uh, you have to show up to church, you have to open your ears, you have to be able to eat, and th- that comes through the senses, but it, it, comes through, it comes into your heart because you allow it into your heart, because you choose to plant it in heart, parable of the sower. You either hardened heart, shallow soil, choky soil with all that other kind of stuff because you're too busy with everything else that you don't ever give it space, remember? Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things, choke the word, strangle it. Nothing's getting through. So, but you, that's why you have friends because you need a good friend that'll kick you in the butt and say, hey, where are you? What's up with you? good friend that you know and trust that you love and they know you know that they love you and that's how friends that's how good godly friendships work that's why you need to get connected in a life group we've just started our life groups again for this semester jump in a life group you know if you're new here join t and stacy's you know i come into come into d group you get to know a bunch of people you know jump in i sorry if i i just overstepped the step there for you but I'm just saying that get plugged in. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. So. <laughs> it is kind of quiet though. Am I mean? Am I being mean? Okay. 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 Just checking. I just want to. Yeah. No, there's some, there's some powerful truths in there. You know, in verse 18, I'll, I'll finish off with this thought for you to camp on for a little bit. But Ephesians. Ephesians 1, where it says there, the eyes of understanding be enlightened that you may know 
the hope of his calling, what is his inheritance is in the saints. I want you to understand something. There is only one calling and one inheritance and one anointing. I know I'm scratching open something here. His calling, his inheritance. And when we, when we, when we look at the anointing, you will see that well, there's only one anointing we need, and that's Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. We don't need another anointing. We need the same calling. We need the same one. How God, in, in, in such a famous verse, verse right, check Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There is so much in that verse, but I just want to say when, yeah, the power that we have, his, we, we, as, we, as we motivate ourselves with his motive, his mission, his call, cause, his anointing, his power through his inheritance, it's very, very liberating because you don't have to get inheritance. You can't lose the inheritance. It's his power. You don't have to get the power. You don't have to try and get somebody to give you a special anointing. We'll, we'll get into that. You don't have to. You, praise God, you can walk in His by grace through faith. There is only one. And His anointing has got a purpose. And it's only got one purpose. It's got, well, I mean, it's got a couple of expressions of it. But there's one purpose. And it's powerful. There's only one. There can be only one. Sorry. But what I wanted to say in first... Sorry, that was my Highlander reference back in the year. If any of you used to watch the Highlander. But, um, you know, in... In prophecy, I just wanted to mention when, when Hans came, and it's, it, I really pray that you understand the, the power of prophecy. And, and I'm going to just rattle through a, a couple of scriptures here because I'm not gonna, if I can't get it out today, I won't get it out, not for a while. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14.1, Pursue love, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's the very, very first one. You know, that there it says that you are the one that gets to desire spiritual gifts, and you are told, and I, we all are told to especially that you may prophesy. That's just pretty simple. If we're supposed to desire it and earnestly desire it, we can. Especially that you may prophesy. So we, if you think, well, you know what, you can't prophesy and only the prophet can prophesy. No, there is a thing called the office of the prophet. That is one thing. That is not necessarily the same thing as having the ability to operate in New Testament prophecy. New Testament prophecy is in exhortation, encouragement, comfort. Those things are what New Testament prophecy. And I'm not going to teach about prophecy, but I wanted you to see that, that that is why Hans can come and say, listen, guys, prophesy one to another. And he expounded on it when he says, can you encourage somebody? Encourage somebody. Look to somebody next to you and encourage somebody. You go to Walmart. Can you encourage somebody? Sure you can. Find somebody, encourage them. Can you exhort them? Can you build them up? Absolutely you can. And so I'm taking, I'm not going to go and teach. I, w I want you to point you. I don't, that our website has got um, the Flowing in, the S in Grace whole series. I want uh, encourage you to go and work through that, those videos and the workbook. Go and study that if you want to know more about operating practically in prophecy. Amen. Um, and then, of course, this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit, 
do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. That you see that there is, there is a couple of things there. So verse 19 through 21, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold on, uh, hold fast to what is good. That word test everything or prove everything, if you have a King James Version, is the word dokimadso. And it, it had to do with, there was actually a way, because coins, they didn't have paper money back in the day, and coins, um, th- coins were metal. And so when people would do is they started shaving the metal off the coins. That's how they counterfeited. They would make slightly, so they would t- say it was a gold coin or whatever the metal was, silver or whatever, they would shave it off. And so the dokimatsu was actually a position of somebody who would check and weigh the coins to actually see if it was a genuine coin, if it was the proper weighted coin. And it hadn't. So he would check it out and he would see it wasn't, it was the right metal, it was the right weight, and, and was that. So it, it, when he says test or prove everything, he's got that word, that dokimato. So he doesn't say throw out prophecies. He says check it out. Look at prophecies. It's important that you open and you, that you say, we, we don't quench the spirit. We do not despise or reject prophecies, but we test them and then hold fast to what is good. Hold fast is, to listen to this, to hold or embrace. It means to hold firmly, to hold down, to hold down lest the object slip away from you, to take possession of a thing. If you've been given a prophecy and it recognizes, now, if, if it recognized with your heart, hold on to it. Hold on to that. Check it out in the Word of God. Does it line up with everything in the Word of God? Does it counter any reality in the truth? If you don't know, check it with your, one of your friends or uh, your life group leader or one of the pastors or whatever. Check it out. Somebody that you can trust, check it out. Don't say, well, because I tell you what, there are some weird prophets out there. I'm serious. There are some weird prophets out there and that they, I have watched people's lives be destroyed by some weird prophecy because they have hold themselves up in a room because God, quote unquote, told them this through the prophet, that this and this and this and this was going to happen. And they've sat there waiting for God to do something. And their lives passed before them and they died in disappointment because God let them down. No, God didn't let them down. God didn't let them down. They just didn't test the prophecy. Nobody taught them They didn't read this verse that said, this is how you test a prophecy. So I want to ask you, don't be led astray by false prophecy, but at the same time, don't despise prophecy. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If there is a prophecy that has been given to you, hold on to it. Dust it off. Bring it up. Write it down. Write it down. Check it out. If it lines up, if it weighs, if it weighs up, it weighs good, hold on to it. Because there is often action that you have to do. Most of the time there actually is action. You still have to work towards the thing. There are still godly principles. If you flip that, it doesn't mean that you don't stop being faithful with little. It doesn't mean that you don't start, you know, well, God told me I was going to be an apostle, so I'm not accepting any other work except apostle work. That's what I've seen most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it happens in Bible school a lot. Everybody's got a five-fold ministry. Oh, God told me I'm going to be this. God told me I'm going to be that. 
and then they don't want anything else. They say, oh, we've got this job at the church that's cleaning toilets. Oh, <laughs> I am an apostle. <laughs> I don't clean the toilets. You, you know, it's just deception because they haven't read their Bible and they stole a child and they don't understand that you've got to be faithful with little to get faith, to become faithful with much. You see, so, so be careful when you get a prophecy. You have to have some maturity. You have to have some people around you with it. Does that make sense to you? It's getting real practical because that was a real practical thing about operating in prophecy. And Hans also said, listen, I don't want any kind of weird prophecy about people's directions, occupations, about things like that. He was very insistent about talking about ed edification, exhortation, and comfort, right? So I, I want to I challenge you. I, I just challenge you. That gift is powerful because it thrilled my heart to hear that some of you putting it into practice, not only those few nights, but have taken it out into your world, have said, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm here. I'm available to operate in this way with people and, and listen. And that's a powerful thing because that is taking the light and the salt beyond the four walls. And that's what we want to do. This is a safe place. This isn't where we do Christianity. You understand that, right? This is the place where we get to hang out together and encourage one another and, and be in all our relationships, connect with one another and get stronger to one another so that we can go and do Christianity out there if you want to do that. Or I should say, be Jesus out there more than do. Be. We will be his witnesses. We won't go witnessing. Acts 1 verse 8. When we are filled with the Spirit, we shall be his witnesses. Witnessing. That doesn't mean that you're not afraid to open your mouth when you have the opportunity, right? I we could we could carry on a long time. <laughs> Amen. Well, I I want you to to hear us clearly. That is just such a powerful thing. So, but let me pray for you, Father. I thank you what you're teaching us all through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that we have hearts to hear. Thank you for Hans when he came and, and thank you for what he taught. Father, thank you that as we're faithful with little, you do give us more. But Father, we determine again that we will hear what you said to say to us. And Father, thank you for every heart here and watching online. Because, Father, I know you have plans for each one of us to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future, an expected outcome. If we do it your way, and so, Lord, we can willingly surrender our pathway to you. Willingly, we can say, Lord, we want to do it your way because you're good. And so we do that. We choose that. We decide that. As always, this morning, if you are here or listening to this and you want to speak to one of our prayer ministers, you can either text the word prayer to our texting church number or come up and see one of our prayer ministers when we close the service here, and they would be thrilled to minister to you. And if you do not know Jesus yet, start there. Know that Jesus cares for you and loves you and open your heart to him because he will meet you right where you're at, right where you're at. All you just have to do is don't have to have a magical sort of a prayer. 
You just have to say, Jesus, I need you. Show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. I need your salvation. I want to know you more. I want to know you deep. I want to see. I want to experience your love. Pray something like that from your heart, with all your heart. And watch how Jesus shows up in your life. Radically changes you. Start an adventure. Join us on an adventure with Jesus as we walk together in this way. Amen.